This third Sunday of Lent is a little bit of an opportunity for us to do an examination of conscience. We have the, the Ten Commandments presented to us. But we also have this uh, powerful passage here from the Gospel of John, the cleansing of the temple. And we see here, above all, our Lord's zeal. His zeal for God. His zeal for the honor and the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Now, zeal is a necessary outcome or sort of byproduct, if you will, of a more fundamental reality, the virtue of charity, of love. Zeal is the ardor of a heart that is inflamed with the love of God and one's neighbor. That is the, that is the ultimate substratum, if you will, or uh, source of zeal. And so our Lord, when he does this almost kind of violent action with these people, he does it out of love for God. Love for God's temple as well. Love for the people of God. He desires to see God honored. He desires to see God glorified. He desires to see souls saved. And this is a desire that springs forth from his sacred heart that is burning with charity for God and for human beings. And uh, this ties in very nicely, actually, in fact, to the Ten Commandments. Because the Ten Commandments minimally are about justice. But they're ordered towards charity. The ultimate aim of the commandments is the love of God and the love of neighbor. And law is fulfilled by love. Now, I'll give a little story here. This is a story uh, that is a good example of the love of God that results in zeal. Recently, as we're all very aware of, our Christian brothers and sisters in the East have been persecuted very, very severely by these uh, kind of radical uh, Islamic extremists. And uh, the latest... The latest group of thugs is this group by the name of ISIS. Now, very recently, only about three weeks ago, um, the, the more, most recent uh, atrocity they, they committed um, was the killing of 21 Coptic Christians in Libya. And uh, it, very uh, powerful testimony and interview with the brother of two of these uh, martyred Christians. This, uh, there was a radio talk show host, and this is all in Arabic, but there's subtitles in English, so I'm just taking this from the subtitles. The talk show host has the brother of two of these 21 men who were, who were viciously killed uh, by these extremists. And he says, the brother says, I tell you truly, we are congratulating one another because so many of the people from our village have been chosen by God to die and to spill their blood for the love of Christ Jesus. 
and this is all in Arabic, you know, I'm just getting these, this is the English subtitles I'm looking at. And the, the radio interviewer asks a little bit more questions, and the brother says, and I thank ISIS. I thank ISIS because they did not cut out the audio of this, because they, you know, they kill these guys and they put it on YouTube, basically. And uh, I guess, you know, uh, uh, I would never recommend watching any of this garbage. Never, never watch any of this stuff that ISIS is putting out. But from what I understand from blog posts or whatever, at the end, the martyrs, are, they call upon Jesus Christ explicitly just before they're killed. And so the brother is saying, I thank ISIS that they included that because it's so clear now to the whole world that they're dying for the love of Jesus. And the interviewer goes on and he asks, uh, in, a, in a very tactful manner, he says, um, would you be willing, could we ask God to forgive these, these, these men who have perpetrated these atrocities and have killed your own brother? And he says, he says, I tell you truly, I was speaking to my mother this morning and I, I said to her, what would you do if you saw the men who killed your two sons, my brothers, walking down the street, walking in front of your house? And this woman is over 60 years old and she's illiterate and, and totally uneducated, but it's full of the love of God. And she says, I would pray that God would open their eyes so that they would be able to see the light. And I would open the door of my house and I would invite them in and I would give them hospitality. And I would thank them because it was through them that my sons have entered the kingdom of heaven. And then the, the brother goes on and there's a prayer on, you know, public air, broadcast air. He prays. He prays for the conversion. He prays for the salvation of the men who killed his two brothers. And that is a very powerful demonstration of the love of God and the love of human beings. We need to desire the salvation and the ultimate good of all human beings. We need to love God first and foremost above all things and we need to love other human beings for the sake of God. Because they're made in His image. Because they reflect, you know, just a little bit, however, however little bit, they reflect God's goodness. And zeal flows forth from that love. And we see that in the martyrs who are willing to confess Christ at the, at the cost of their lives. And we see that in the mother and in the brother of the two, two of the martyrs who were killed. They loved God above all things and they loved other human beings so much so that they were willing to forgive and to love their enemies. And of course that doesn't stop us from waging just war when we need to, but we can never ever hate or wish the ultimate ruin of another human being. We need to desire that we would spend eternity in heaven with every person that we come into contact with. 
No matter how bad they treat us, no matter what injustice they have done against us, we need to desire to be with them forever in heaven and to be friends and to love God together with them forever. And the commandments, if we have that, we can obey the commandments. The commandments are nothing. They're easy. The commandments deal with justice, but love is a higher virtue than justice. So let's go, go through these commandments and think about them and think about how love is the fulfillment of each one of these commandments. First and foremost, you shall love the Lord your God and have no other gods before him. God is owed by way of justice, that worship, and that supreme allegiance that we give him. He's owed that in terms of justice, but if we love him, we spontaneously and naturally give him that worship because we love him. The second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is a great uh, dishonoring of God. If we take his name and we use it now, just also clarification, lots of times people think that if we, if we swear or something where we take the Lord's name in vain in kind of a flippant manner or out of anger, you know, that's what this commandment is talking about. That's only indirectly related to the commandment. This commandment really is talking about taking God's name and using it in a false oath. Okay, if you, you, know, you put your hand in the Bible and you swear, and you use God's name to, per, uh, to perpetuate some kind of injustice or a false oath, or you blaspheme God's name. In that case, it's a mortal sin. It's serious. But just taking God's name you know, out of anger uh, is not a grave sin. It's not a mortal sin. Uh, it's a venial sin. So just kind of clarify that. But in any event, if we are full of the love of God, we would never even think about abusing God's name in that gravely unjust manner. And also, if we were full of the love of God, it would also help us clean up our, our mouths in general when it comes to those venial sins. So then what about the third commandment, observing the Sabbath? Again, the worship that is owed to God in a public and individual fashion. If we love God, we give that to Him. Fourth commandment, honoring father and mother. If we love God, we would never even think about dishonoring our parents. We would be uh, so full of God that we would see His presence in our parents and in all lawful authority, and we would respect and obey purely out of love. The fifth commandment, you shall not kill. That's a grave injustice, of course. And love does no harm to one's neighbor. The sixth commandment and the ninth commandment are commonly paired. These are sins against chastity. Adultery. Think about adultery. Think about uh, physical relations outside of marriage. If you truly loved your wife, of course it's a, it, you know, your wife or your husband, it's a, a grave injustice against them to have relations with someone that's not your spouse. But if you really love them, you wouldn't even think about it. Even no matter how hard it got, and marriage is tough. Marriage is really, really tough. It is very difficult to get two people on the same page for a long time. And it takes sacrifice. And it takes love. And it's the only answer, it's the only solution to marital problems is authentic love. Despite feelings, you choose with your will to love your spouse. There would be no adultery if we would love, if we were full of the love of God. Same thing with relations outside of marriage. Um, and we can go on with all the other commandments. With the uh, eighth commandment, it talks about our mouth and 
Do we detract from our neighbor? Do we gossip? If we are full of God's love, these things, they don't even occur to us. We want what's good for our neighbor. And so let us be full of love. Let us be full of the zeal. Let that love boil over in our hearts so that it becomes zeal for God, like we see in our gospel today. And in this love and in this zeal, in fact, and indeed, the commandments will be fulfilled.